Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What are you drinking tonight in Philly Grimes or Grady's Yard with the snowcast? Welcome back everyone, it's probably been a couple of weeks since you've heard that fucking smashing tune by Ghetto Amaretto's Connor Dalton for the snowcast. Um, give Ghetto Amaretto a follow on social media, they're fucking top notch lads. And uh, welcome back to the snowcast. I'm your host tonight, DJ Walsh. Absolutely thrilled to be here. Basically, I know we bought an episode in January on, but we're kicking off in essence season 2 tonight we had a bit of bonus content in between uh, we're here in Grady's yard we've just done our first video do you know what I am recharged refreshed and fucking raring to go with the snowcast for 2019 I'm I'm nonplussed by the whole thing you know <laughs> <laughs> no I'm really looking forward to it as well like uh, yeah we've uh, we've kind of sat back had a and I would think about what we want to do with it um, because we you know we started this off as an experiment and uh, we had a bit of a crack with it and we're still going to have a bit of crack with it but we just kind of organised ourselves a bit better yeah. and we kind of like we've gotten a good bit of feedback from Yi um, in fairness to lads and uh, there's like a few things that that you really like some things that you didn't like um, so we're kind of focusing a bit more um, we're going to bring out a bit new new content such as like in, like more interviews um, I think those kind of went went down really well um, um, maybe focus a bit more on the pubs that we're in yeah. and also um, you kind of want to see us as well uh, which was kind of surprising because we're not we're, we're, not, much, we're not, not much to look at um, yeah. but I think it was not really us but like more so our environment and stuff so uh, yeah I'm kind of excited to bring that back, back to the forefront like yeah we're so lucky to be in uh, Waterford where the pubs are gorgeous there's so much character in them and their uh, sound and fucking and leave sound. us and they leave us video on them and they don't give a fuck and um, like we came in here tonight we, we, we give no prior warning came in said to Victor the system manager here because uh, Kevin's on holidays. Any chance we shoot an old video there? Yeah, no bother. Walk away. Do what you want to do. Do what you have to do. Fucking sound out here. Sound out. They wouldn't do it for everyone, though, I'd say. Just the sound lads. Um, but yeah, video content. And you know what? The, the thing about it is, is we, we've had to get our act in order because we did this as a bit of crack and thought, you know, 10, 15 people might listen to this to an old episode and tip away. But we've actually, we've exceeded our expectations. So look, we're going to try and bring you... Uh, a more refined and organised product but at the same time maintained the integrity and character that is the fucking snowcast uh, means a lot to us your feedback and input and uh, thanks a million we're here tonight basically this is episode 2 of season 2 logistically and uh, we're joined by a man who joined us in season 1 episode 2 um, that, this was a recording that we were very nervous about we brought two friends along for and uh, he absolutely fucking smashed it in. No doubt he'll smash it tonight before he heads off to San Francisco on Monday. 
moving to the big smoke and not even the big smoke here but the big smoke across the pond Dara Donahue Dodd what are you drinking tonight? Well lads and lasses uh, I'm back again my memory is that lad that you couldn't really understand the last time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot more mumbling going on today but um, yeah th- thanks for the intro again DJ um, yeah, th- tonight I'm drinking the um, breakfast out by Yellow Bella Beer, my first time in Grady's Yard, first time back in Waterford now for a few months. And yeah, I'm liking it now, a bit of a, you can see I was on the, the what's it, another stout here earlier on, uh, the, the Shandon stout. And, but yeah, back back over to breakfast now, a bit of a sort of ailey twist now, the oatmeal sort of hop now. I'm enjoying it now, and I'd be a good stout man, Guinness, good old creamy beamy there now, and the, the best of times. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's nice just to get back into you know, the show, set me back into the, the podcast swing. So thanks for having me again, lads. Yeah, those that follow us on Instagram and Twitter will have seen a picture of me and you in uh, Ziggy Rocks in Cork there, taken uh, before Christmas. There was many creamy beams drank that night, I can tell you that much. Um, so yeah, we've covered video content there. Um, just yeah, speaking I, of video content, sorry, yeah, I'm the ugly fucker that the boys got in. As Darren said beforehand, I'd be the face, I'd be the face for behind the camera anyway. Now, so yeah, listen, that's a fact. Um, so video content. So we're going to be posting video content on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, just if you'd subscribe to our YouTube channel, it'd mean a lot to us. And uh, engage with us, comment, let us know what you think. We'll do the smaller videos on Facebook. We'll do little snippets of our YouTube videos on Facebook, and then we'll show the the, the full the full um, episodes up on YouTube because to us something we're really looking to drive on so on all forms of social media please uh, rate us like us share us and uh, get the word of the stone cast out here it's better than the gospel of God um, <laughs> well that's 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 my opinion anyway but look uh, we've got we've got bags and bags of content for the um, the gospel of Dodd tonight <laughs> tonight tonight anyway um, so anyway Dodd you've been very kind with your words there you've told us you're on this news button by yellow belly the breakfast out uh oatmeal hopped as as you very well described five percent lovely fucking drink to have uh Owen tab a man who's probably stouted out at this stage if i know you from winter you've drank many's a stout over the last couple of months uh what are you drinking tonight stouted out is right uh i thought it might turn into a point of stout there over christmas actually to let the listeners know I got engaged there before Christmas as well here's the Kira uh, but uh, so not only did I nearly turn into a pint of stout I also nearly turned into a pint of Prosecco but that leads me on to the pint I'm on tonight which is a brush IPA Oh, so this is a smooth segue. This is a smooth, smooth segue. So this IPA um, by Northern Monk Brewing Company, which are a company based in Leeds in the UK, um, it's a collaboration beer they have as part of their Trinity series. Trinity? Trilogy. 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 Um, Trilogy series. Um, so it's... Uh, what, what's it? Here, hold on. What's, it's a... Uh, Malt, part, malt is the name uh, of the beer as part of the Trilogy range and it's a brush IPA so it kind of looks like a, a, an old pint of champagne with a head on it and uh, it's kind of very... <laughs> That's a brilliant description. It is though, yeah. It's kind of... exactly what it looks like. It's, it's, it's very pale and, uh, and light and um, full of bubbles and you do get that kind of bubbly taste off as well. Very clean, very fresh and um, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it now. I think it's, I think it's about a 5%er. Um, and it's nice and it is um, a collaboration with um, Whiplash Brewing Company and speaking of which segue number two TJ what are you drinking tonight? So you mentioned the Whiplash Brewing Company there and uh, them boys are doing collaborations left, right, centre, up the wazoo so as you said they went over to Northern Monk and did a collab with the boys there in Leeds and they went as far as Wexford as well and did a collab with the boys at Yellow Belly and they came companies now, yeah we called you the fucking Khaled, Khaled of Brewers uh, the Whiplash boys came down here to Wexford had a few strawberries and uh, came up with this um, this uh, dry hopped saison that they did with Yellow Belly Beer called What's a fucking saison do you know what it is it's just like a fucking a real weighty beer alright oh, okay mm. that's my interpretation anyway it's the season for saisons, you know. Tis the season to have a saison. Uh, I, do you know what? You don't see many saisons around. That's the thing. Like even like uh, us, us as lads who go to craft beer pubs, 
fairly frequently like you don't often see a saison on the menu um, so the endangered bap the artwork is fantastic on it and uh, do you know what it's um, it's uh, it's a 5.8 percent 5.8 it's so so but you know what? it doesn't drink like 5.8 percent because it's very fruity very citrusy um, they've used some Wicklow hops in it you know locally sourced hops here just up the road in Wicklow I, I actually insulted Wicklow an awful lot in episode 10 but Sonia is uh, actually do you know what Mark and Mark uh, got to be working more O'Connor and um, shout out to her she was listening to episode 10 and work today and uh I, I heard myself slaughter in Wicklow so I was like Jesus Christ I must have had a few points of me that night is Thermafekin in Wicklow? I have no idea I think no, Thermafekin I think uh, anyway I just want to say I, I love that place name there's a few place names around Ireland like you know that I really really love like you know like about two mile pothouse you know yeah. so, you know but Thermafekin like that's a that's a fucking fantastic name for new, for new two pot house. New two pot house. That's yeah. what, uh, that's that's, how, that's the one just beyond Mallow Mal- there on the way to Donnerale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's some fantastic like even even just the ones that aren't like you know you can't be like ha ha has a course name or like Enishkillen and like fucking yeah. places like that like horse and jockey just just the horse and jockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? Sure. Yeah, or uh, the night. Uh, what's the what's the place on the way to Clonmel there from Kilkenny? Um, Nine Mile House. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah, just random, random place names like. Um, but this York anyway, the endangered <laughs> bath. Uh, it's keg only. You can't get it on cans. Uh, fucking lovely aroma and flavour off it. I actually, I took an old subpoena of it there, and uh, like it smelt like a bunch of flowers. It, it does, yeah. It's very floral, yeah, and it's but It didn't taste because I don't really like floral taste and stuff, like you know. I remember I was in I was in Manchester once before. Ma- yeah, I was in Manchester once before, and I went into this cocktail bar, and I got like some old cocktail, like floral cocktail things. And in the fucking like wide brimmed glass was a flower. Like they put a fucking flower in the glass. Like I was sure, just fucking any- ruined the fucking thing. Like but be any old be riding that joke for fuck's sake uh, Dodd you just had a slip of the sip of the endangered you had a slip of it too a sip of the endangered bat there what you make of it you're not, and you're not a big beer drinker or, or you're just a south drink man usually just a yeah, man for the black yeah it'd be so true and true and alright but I get what Owen says about yeah the bit of the the floral floral aroma but so the hits in nice nice and smooth then afterwards yeah it's a the cloudy enough all beer but yeah yeah it's a nice old texture to it then yeah and of course oh, nothing too over powerful though I know what Owen saying about different sort of hops and over powerful flavours I was expecting a bit more when I, when I got the flavour yeah. but yeah no nice cold sound easy then after that it views a lot heavier than the taste that's mm-hmm. the thing like the drinking experience is not as heavy as you drink like when you when you look at it do you know, do you know what say like when somebody pours you, pours you a whole garden or when you see someone drinking a whole garden and you're like Jesus Christ that thing looks like a meal in a glass mm-hmm. whereas like this this looks like it might be a bit heavy but it's actually very light um Right, come on, stop talking about the beers and fucking... Let's drive on and we'll move on to our first segment of the night. No one gives, so no one gives a shite about the beer section at all. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to hear us talking shite, like... I Give the people what they want. I reckon, <laughs> I have a theory that people listen to the beer section then just tune out for the rest of <laughs> <laughs> Fully convinced. I think Fully probably it's like a half and half listenership. Yeah. Like, you know, it's probably like all the breweries are probably listening to see yeah. if their brewery's been mentioned. And then, like, all the fucking gowlers are, hey, like, fucking fast forward and that bit. If you're a brewery, I tell you one way of getting a quick min- uh, get, get mentioned every week. Give us a few pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll change the name of the podcast and everything we like. Go on, good luck. Stay away from yourselves. We'll move on to the first topic. Right guys, that was an interlude from our team tune by Connor Dalton of Ghetto Amaretto. I bet you fuckers that haven't heard us in a couple of weeks were missing that. Uh, lads, we're sitting here tonight in Grady's Yard having a few points and I have something I want to chat to you about. Um, do you know what I want to come to you first? Okay, Seeing as you have no clue what you're going to talk about, I guess. When we were ta- we, do you know what? And, and just to give the, the listeners a bit of insight into how we plan out the episodes. We were recording on Thursday night. Around a Monday or Tuesday we have this chat and work like in the day job. 
So what we talk about this week, and one of us makes a suggestion, we say, yeah, that's great, like, good suggestion. We put it in our Google calendars so we both can see it to think about it, and neither of us think about it until we're sitting here dawned with it. So, Owen, knowing full well you haven't thought about this one bit since we mentioned it on Monday or Tuesday, what is your most controversial sporting opinion? Okay, so, just to clarify what this is, because um, I was... I robbed this from another podcast that was uh, what was your most controversial uh, gaming opinion so it was about video games and whatever and uh, so so this was uh, kind of funny games uh, they're actually a San Fran based company like um, they're doing very well one of the boys one of the boys on it was uh, named Forbes 30 for 30 under 30 you know the um, that list of like <laughs> successful lads under 30 years age we're running out of time for that we're running well out of time for that but anyway yeah, uh, but anyway when they when they said it um, they kind of most of the people got the concept but one of the lads on it didn't get it and he kind of <laughs> gave what he thought was controversial opinions that have been in sport okay. right like in general whereas in in gaming, sorry, in gaming, right? So he was just like, oh, I fucking loot boxes in EA or, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, whereas I want what your actual controversial opinion yourself is that you have, that you think, like, so, like, say, like, the opposite of a popular opinion in yeah. sporting, but but that you think the opposite or whatever, right? So I'm, my one, anyway, is that I think that the purchase and the money that has been put into Man City has been the best thing ever for the Premier League. Wow. Has, has revolutionised the Premier League. So, just to give... I just think, basically, I don't have, I don't have too much backing behind this opinion, right? But, okay, forget about, like, history of clubs and all that because it, it's not taken away. But I think that the quality of football since that has come in that Man City have put the level of football onto a new tier above like so prior to that it was United like you know and United were playing and everyone was trying to beat United it was kind of like the tactic of winning the Premier League was trying to beat United whereas I think now that like Man City like developed you know put it like kind of developed a new kind of style of football and like um, obviously the money kind of helped and stuff but like I think the quality of the Premier League now is like absolutely phenomenal compared to what it was, and I think like that a lot of that is down to what happened with the money injection into Man City. Um, Controversial or not? Look, so just to give context to any new listeners that have watched your video, <laughs> um, Owen's a Manchester United fan. I'm an avid Liverpool fan, and Dodd is fairly indifferent to soccer in general. But he kind of half throws an eye at the odd time. Um, I think your opinion is controversial in a sense, but what Man City have done is nothing. Is just they've taken what Chelsea did and put it on a grander scale. Yeah. Now, there are several elements to this. Um, that it's 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 very complicated. But take for example, right? You're saying Man City now under Pep Guardiola breaking all records, fine. It's basically taken them 12 years to get there. They still haven't won a European Cup. Similar to PSG. No, but so I'm saying I'm saying they they've yeah. been the best thing for the Premier League. Oh yeah. I'm not saying no, I'm, you, get, I'm not I'm, saying for them as a team. I'm getting like, on to it though. That's, okay, that, okay, that, okay. that's it, right? So what I'm saying is, so if you look at the the trajectory of Man City from when Sheikh Mansour took over, and I believe Stuart Pearce was the manager. And then they jibbed Stuart Pearce and Mark Hughes. Then they jibbed Mark Hughes for Mancini. He won a league title. They grew bit by bit. Mancini won a league title. Then they jibbed Mancini for Pellegrini. Pellegrini won maybe two league titles, maybe one. I think it's only one, actually. If you think about Jose's three-title rant. Um, And then they've jibbed him and gotten Guardiola now, who, in my mind, is probably the best manager of the last 25 years, um, simply because... He has won more European Cups than Alec Ferguson. Uh, that, that's, that in itself is probably a controversial sporting opinion because Alec Ferguson dominated English football. But this leads me on, and, and it, it overlaps with my controversial opinion, which I'll come on to later. I won't delve on too much. But Man City, I completely agree with you, actually. 
because when you say it straight out you're like oh they've bought the league blah 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 they've only won three league titles four league titles since the Sheikh Mansour took over uh, Manchester United won it up five years ago six or seven years after he took over with possibly the worst squad to ever win the league it was just again Alec Ferguson's genius won them that league like that squad was diabolical it's no wonder David Moyes was shit the next season like he was shit in general but he had fuck all to work with like Fellaini was his best signing and that was added to like Darren Fletcher and fucking an ageing Michael Carrick in midfield so like there's a lot, a lot of factors to it a declining Arsenal Chelsea where Roman Abramovich is no longer interested but what we've got now is a Premier League where there's six teams at the start of every season that are capable of winning the league as opposed to as you rightly point out 10 years ago it was United or, 10 years ago it was United or Chelsea 10 years before that it was United or Arsenal so as far as I'm concerned um it's a controversial opinion but it's a good one because like the money they've injected let's, let's not like call a spade a spade Pep Guardiola has spent half a billion since he's gone there in two and a half years something in and around that um, so his spending in relation to the other clubs net spend is like fucking vastly superior but that being said like he's a genius on the field so their most important investments have been in the training facilities and in getting the right coaches in as opposed to the playing staff now that being said it's handy when you can spend 60 million on Riyad Mahrez and you're your fifth best attacker do you know what I mean like it, there is there are perks to that they can spend 100 million on fullbacks to revolutionise their fullbacks when Liverpool are getting an 8 million lad from Hull and a fella from their academy and United are bringing in lads from Porto for 4 or 5 million but that being said as we talk right now City are 4 points behind Liverpool in the league so it doesn't guarantee success but it definitely helps so it's all part of the process sport is a lot more about money but what Sheikh Mansour buying Man City has done whether you agree with the background to the man or not is it's made a league more competitive at the top but in doing that has actually widened the gap between the middle and bottom teams and the top as well at the same breath yeah and like I, like I think like on a, even on a on a basic level as well that like you know like that extra money has attracted like the better players into yeah. the league you know like as in like, do you remember say, when they signed Robinho yeah exactly do you know what I mean like, shift from like but he was I know although he scored that unbelievable yeah. little, that little dink over the keeper like um, yeah it's been a mad journey for them like they, they, they've like let's be honest David Silva has probably been the best player in the Premier League over the last oh, 10 years man. Kev De Bruyne that, is probably the best player in the league right now that game we went we, we went to that uh, City and everything and they didn't even win they drew one all no, it was 2 0. No, it's City, our City and Everton. It was 1 all. Lukaku scored for Everton. And no, it was a penalty uh, and a I, header. It was 1 all. They missed the penalty. I bet you, know, you I bet you a tenner. I, shake on it. Shake on it. Dodd, look up Man City versus Everton 2016. Anyways, a live bet here on Podcasting <laughs> History. Uh, it was definitely 1 all. Lukaku scored and then Negredo headed it into the corner that we were sitting behind to equalise. At the Etihad. Oh, that's football league. That's the league. No, 2016-17. That probably gives you 2015-16. Mm. Anyways. Uh, oh, this is, this is tense now. This is tense. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Negredo and Lukaku. Oh, lad. Anyway, next round's on you. But... No, I, I, I fully see where you're coming with and they've brought they've attracted some fantastic talent. Like but do you know what? Do you know what the thing yeah, about Man City's two missed penalties. Yeah, two missed penalties. The thing about Stecklenburg was the goalkeeper yeah, for Everton, oh, guy from Ajax. I have a, I have um, a back. He, he's back in the room. To be fair, we drank a heap of points that day. We did a pub crawl from the city stadium, which is outside basically outside Manchester Manchester City, ironically. And we basically pub crawled our way back into the city centre. We definitely weren't supposed to be at a conference that day. <laughs> uh, moving very swiftly along no I see what you want but on the flip side and the whole money argument and the fact that right Liverpool went out and spent world record fees on a centre back and a goalkeeper but they had to do that to keep up but fees are not now but fees are not now but back in the day when 50 million was an awful lot for a player and 50 million was being lashed out by Barca, Madrid, City, PSG probably their most important signing was Vincent Company. I don't know how much they signed him for but they signed him from Anderlecht I think for about I would say anywhere between 4 and 8 million it wasn't 30 million yeah. do you know what I mean so their most important signing to ensure that they were regular title challengers for 10 years before he became played with injury was Vincent Company. like that man is such a leader and was such a great defender yeah. like Dodd we're not coming to you because we know you fucking pretty much zero opinion on this um, 
Yeah, continue on. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, know, I see the parallel, I suppose, between, um, who's he called, Virgil van Dijk in Liverpool this year, the difference that a good, solid Dutch tends to help you, send the centre yeah. back, you know, seems to be, you know, <laughs> yeah. once you sort, sort them out at the back. Um, that's a fierce yeah, man that, for the it. Dutch. That's it, no, Jesus, we won't go there, no, that's, that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another podcast altogether now, but um, I know, I'll leave you to it, then, as, as, as Darren says, because we do what's happening. Yeah, and I, I suppose, look on... Uh, that's some good Man City chat. Do you want to continue or will I? Will I? Because no, it, it, it ties nicely into my one. Go for it, yeah. yeah, yeah. My opinion, and again, Dodge, you probably will have no input into this. I get but, the next round. Too. Yeah, you get. <laughs> no, he's getting the next round. I want to turn it off. Um, my opinion on my controversial sporting opinion is the myth that is that the Premier League being the best league in the world is a complete myth. And we had this, like, after, after we recorded the last episode, we went to the Woodman to watch Liverpool versus Man City. And I, after the game, we had a fairly heated debate, myself and Jamie Daly, about uh, the strength of the Premier League and the competitiveness. And he was saying anyone could beat anyone. But when you look at it, Liverpool have played um, the 14 teams outside of the, the historical top six. So themselves, City, Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal, United... Liverpool have played those 14 teams in, on, um, I think it's, I don't, I don't know what how many times they've played them, but they've won every game. They haven't dropped a single point against anyone that's not. United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, they haven't even dropped a point against United, mm. but Chelsea, they dropped points against Chelsea, Arsenal and City so far this season. So if the Premier League is so competitive, Liverpool will be dropping points. Like City last year got 100 points. My point, what we said after that was that you look at Serie A, Last year, Napoli got 92 points, I think it was, and didn't win the league. That's ridiculous. Like, uh, You look at Spain, where Madrid and Barca have had a monopoly, but Madrid have had a monopoly in the European Cup, but can't win the league because Barca keep winning the league. And then Atletico are so competitive, and they keep making European Cup finals and semi-finals, but they can't win a league. It's ridiculously competitive at the top. Like, Basically, the Premier League now is what La Liga was 10 years ago, where you had Barcelona, Real Madrid, Valencia were a great team at a time, Villarreal were pushing, Sevilla... Now the Premier League is that where there's a lot of teams that can qualify for the Champions League. There's two or three teams that can realistically win the league, and the rest of the league is shite. Like Burnley tried to qualify for Europe, barely scraped past. Uh, did it? I know they knocked out by Aberdeen, or did they barely scrape past? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where I think the Premier League is now. That the bottom clubs have loads of money, don't know how to spend it, and the top clubs have so much more money that it's a bit disheartening. Like look at Everton; they've spent so much money, and they're 30 points. They've half Liverpool's points after 23 games. Yeah. Oh. Uh, like yeah, I see. Uh, I think I think just I don't know enough about like other leagues, uh, like as much because it's just because like say the Premier League is like put in front of us in terms of yeah. like Sky Sports and uh, like BBC Match of the Day. Like you know we don't have fucking you know Matziola did. Dietzia, or whatever the fuck match remember, today is remember, Italian yeah. like, you know. but do you, mem- do you remember there used to be uh, like Golazzo on Channel 4 and stuff like that you could watch the highlights of Italian football when like Christian Vieri was around and fucking all them lads like um, Alvaro Recoba bending them in for Inter Milan and yeah. like Francesco Totti and all these oh, Del, yeah. P- Del Piero and all these boys like Ronaldo playing with Inter Milan I remember watching like uh, fucking football Italia and on Channel 4 and just seeing like the original Ronaldo like rinsing lads for fun do you know what I mean and I think coupled that with like say the German League Bayern Munich have like 10 times the budget of anyone yet the German League is so competitive for in the middle section that it's one of those things where right Bayern Munich even though they're not top of the league right now as you speak but over the last 4 or 5 years since Klopp left Munich particular or Dortmund particularly the German League has been a league where like Schalke have some amazing young players Leverkusen have some amazing young players Mönchengladbach and because they're bringing these young players through they're inconsistent because they're young but they're playing a lot of football really good technical and it's, it's brilliant to watch and the support is fantastic and then you have Italy where it's, it's the football is actually starting to get exciting again the big issue we have is like you know modern ways of looking at sport 11 sports now it's another subscription to our service on top of Sky, Sky and BT for us so I have no idea how La Liga is going this year because I've just not been interested and again like that like you said now I am flooded with Premier League and as someone who historically like I have I have the Bundesliga on BT I have no interest in the French League and that's on BT but now I have no Italian League and no Spanish League to look at it's a very like I just think 
but I think in, in looking at those leagues over the last few years I think this myth that the Premier League is the best league in the world the most alright it's probably the highest tempoed league in the world the players are the highest paid players in the world and all that but like Ronaldo left the Premier League 11 years ago Messi, Messi's never played there they're the two best players two of the five best players of all time probably and the best players of the last 10 years without a shadow of a doubt every year year in year out Kaka before injuries was Ballon d'Or winner Champions League winner like fucking rule everything for a couple of years none of them played in the Premier League so I just think it's this myth that we've been sold by Sky and we all believe it because it's what we've been told week in week out yeah, I don't think you can compare the Premier. Like, I think the Premier League is more competitive than La Liga, though. I think it's more. I think it's more competitive than La Liga in like, a certain you, sense. But that being said, like, look at who Real Madrid have dropped points. And, and again, it's this thing that I've only seen it on social media, so I haven't seen the games. Yeah. But if you look at who Real Madrid have dropped points to this year. Yeah, but Real Madrid are what, like fifth now. Yeah, but they're also three-time European champions, and the only person they've lost is Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? I know, but like, as in, you could have said that about Liverpool, like fucking. Like ten years ago, when Liverpool were four time whatever fucking yeah, but what I'm saying is Real Madrid have won the European Cup three times on the bounce. So I Liverpool, agree. when they won the European Cup '77 and '78 and '79, they weren't losing to Oxford Town. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you could have said it about Liverpool 2006, like. Yeah, but Liverpool Liverpool 2005 finished fifth in the league. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? And they had like Jimmy Traore left that. They had no right to win that European. That was a complete fluke and anomaly. Yeah. So whereas like Real Madrid have won the Champions League three years in a row, like they're probably the best club team. Maybe bar that Barcelona team where Messi was at his peak. Yeah. If you're saying the Spanish league would put it up to them, just I'm per- like in terms of competitiveness by the fact that but, Real Madrid is struggling so much this year. Yeah, but look, look. Say for example, Jurgen Klopp when he got to the Europa League final with Liverpool, mm. Sevilla beat him three one, and that Sevilla team came fourth in the La Liga that year. Do you know it's not yeah. a great? Do you know what I mean? And I'm just thinking like. La Liga teams Bundesliga teams um, Italian teams constantly go far in the Europa League English teams don't maybe it's a prioritisation thing when, like Liverpool made the Champions League final last year when was the last time a Premier League team made a Champions League final now the flip argument to that is the Premier League so competitive that Premier League teams prioritise that over Champions League but there's no way Man City are prioritising a league over the Champions League because all Sheikh Mansour wants to do with bring it back to your point is they want to be European champions do you know what I mean but I think the fair listeners that's probably enough soccer chat now yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just my controversial sporting opinion it's one that I've had many a disagreement about including a few weeks ago Dodd uh, we come to you now you've had very little input to this because you're not a soccer man and I appreciate that like many of our listeners what's your most controversial sporting opinion uh, there's Mullen over there still couldn't think of anything so I think I'll bring it back to soccer and <laughs> <laughs> one of my most favourite talking points now is um, Paul Mertesacker is the greatest player ever to grace the Premier League um, he's a staunch Arsenal man he was two and two but I just think those years of topping the, the past statistics I don't care how many of them were passed back to the goalie maybe over 60% passed back to goalie but any man who couldn't take three steps and go from midfield line back to his own six yard box you know, say he's, he's a special place in my heart you know, the good all two, two metres of him standing high and tall if you ever stuck for, in FIFA there playing with Arsenal if you need an old goal up at the end to take power up front you know, he'll nod in an old header he'd make a nuisance of himself you know, so I'm not going to stay talking much longer now lads World Cup winner as well World Cup winner as well yeah not many lads in this pub can say that now anyway so is <laughs> <laughs> anyone in this pub is a World Cup winner to be honest have you any opinions on Paul Mertesacaron uh, Jesus no but like he may have minus 17 pace in FIFA 18 I was going to say moment. possibly the <laughs> slowest <laughs> man of all time but yeah. even slower than me yeah he still takes three steps and he's anywhere on the pitch you now well four minutes I suppose greatest of all time is a bit of a stretch like but centre back right I'd set it for greatest centre back though Although I know Richard Dunn has been in that league for many years now. And well, if anyone's in Moscow that night. No. The only monster in the truth one. God. I, I don't think I've ever thought about, like, Paul Mertesacker at all in my life. Like. It was controversial, right? The only time I've ever probably thought about Paul Mertesacker was. Uh, I was out with a <laughs> no <laughs> genuinely right I, I, I can't remember where I was but I was with this um, I was out one night somewhere it was in a fucking country pub somewhere. I could have been in Kerry somewhere or something away for a weekend I met talking to these German lads <laughs> they were they were chatting up these young ones anyway and we were sitting at the table next to them we got chatting to them the next thing these girls were up at another table 
And I said to your man, I said, come here, and what will you do with your mum? And you get her, he said, I'm going to pour Martha soccer. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, we'll move on from that. And uh, here's a word from our sponsors. Hi guys, my name is Dr. Simon Cahoon and I'm the Real Life Doctor on Instagram, at the Real Life Doctor. Follow me for advice and tips on your diet and exercise plans and also for anything tan related. You can follow me for these great tips on Instagram, at the Real Life Doctor. I'm not one of those pricks who puts up pictures of his own six pack. Instead, I'll show you informative posts that'll give you the tools to be a better version of yourself. The only six-pack I'm interested in is kept in the fridge. Follow at the Real Life Doctor on Instagram. Sorry, I've had a few points. Dr. Simon Calhoun, over and out. I'm the one that wants to be with you. Deep inside, I hope you'll feel it too. Right, guys, and we're back in the room, and uh, thanks. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, th- yeah, th- thanks, thanks just, Simon. That's fucking excellent, man. Thanks, just, Thanks to sign There's me there. There's no need for it, that's why, like, you know. Yeah, sponsoring the show, the Real Life Doctor, he's a fucking top man. Um, very well spoken. <laughs> Great, lads. Yeah. <coughs> We're back in the room, lads, anyway. And, uh, do you know what, Dad? I'm going to come to you with this one first as you send a lot of text on Snapchat there. <laughs> um, who's the most famous person you've ever met? Jesus, that's a tough one. Um, I suppose... Galway Circles, I miss... <laughs> Super Mac, you want to go Pat McDonough, no, the winner of the recent High Court case, no, you go up against Super Mac or up against McDonald's. Although some, a lot of people in Galway aren't happy now, um, saying that he's a crusher of um, small businesses around um, around their square, but we won't go into that right now. So I've met a few Galway hurling legends if you want to go into it. Met Bernard Jackman actually inside in Dicey's up in Dublin. Pretty sure the country from me pint actually as well now. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm laughing because when we were coming up with this topic, I said straight away to one. I bet you all Dodd's answers will be Galway related. Yeah. Uh, they would have been, but um, I said I'd try, try and mix it up this time. Yeah, so I met, met Bernard Jackman. I was in second year in college inside and out the back of Dicey's there, and he was there with just a couple of his friends. So I don't know if they rugby playing days or maybe it's sort of whatever he's doing now and sort of corporate life days going on to different sort of events and stuff like that now but went on yeah got the picture and alright no, surely, surely five time. years ago though he was in he was rugby playing five years ago like. no Bernard Jackman oh he's, he's he's out of it a while now I'd say at this stage because I would have been in I think I was in second year of college maybe in first year I'm, I'm no, yeah, I'd say maybe four or five years ago Max now inside and dice he went over got the picture that was grand I know he was he was drinking the same as me you know, that night I think I was still on the cider back then and I'd only a small bit left of me. Yeah, find the Bunmers there. And oh no, I'd, he'd only a small bit left. I'd have a full pint of one. Going away back to the table after taking the picture. And only positively picked up my pint and walked away again. And that was the best I've ever seen. Classic. That's amazing, man. As I just never meet your heroes. Well, not that he's ever a hero of mine, or I don't know, is he ever a hero of any young, young dad playing? Keith Woods, I suppose, is the, is the epitome of Irish rugby hookers. But yeah, just stay away from Bernard Jackman, as I know. That's all I'd say. What I'm taking from that is. Don't have a hooker as your hero. <laughs> Call a spade a spade. Don't have a hooker as your hero. Um, like Rory Best wouldn't be your hero, like would he? Ah, uh, uh, that's because Rory Best not but not a bad lad, no, he's no, he's probably not. Yeah, but the breed of a tannin memorised again. No, yeah, so just <laughs> <laughs> just a touch of tan about the lad. Yeah. Nothing against him personally, no. But yeah, uh, no. <laughs> If we were Irish Simpsons fans the admin we'd have turned commenting off five comments ago. <laughs> yeah. He's really uh, taking a turn now again. Yeah, we're, we're back to the tans. Do you know what? Simon brought us on to that fucking topic. That's what happened. Um, that was fucking... Right, Bernard Jack. <laughs> Bernard. I fucking knew you'd have an obscure answer. Oh, and who's the most famous person you've ever met? Uh, most famous? So probably... Sorry, I had to say that up later. Uh, yeah, I, uh, so I met David De Gea. Yeah. Outside, uh, outside Tiger Tiger in uh, Manchester, he's in the club there, and I met him outside it. It's not the tiger that sells two euro stuff. No, no, just Tiger Tiger, not Tiger. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Which is renamed as Flying Tiger now. Have you know yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, this is Tiger Tiger, some cheap old student place. Okay. I don't know he was in there, but anyway, he was the young was, ones. Young ones, allegedly. Yeah. So I met him outside of there and uh, absolutely hounded him like for about like like chasing him down the road. Um, but that's not my answer. Um, Nelson Mandela. I made a. I made. I made um, 
I met Josh Charlton in uh, in in a chipper in Waterford. He was opening up a Harry Ramsons <laughs> down there in the number road in Waterford. And myself and the dad, dad went in and uh, we uh, <laughs> we shook hands with him. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I know Jack was sound sound now. Um, and uh, who else? I tell the boys around that I met uh, Rob Carney when I was scuttered uh, during my graduation there. Yeah, Jack Char- Jack. No, <laughs> if he met Rob Carney in the balcony, he wouldn't be sitting like that right now. <laughs> yeah, no. Allegedly. 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 For listeners that couldn't see there, I used a bit of that Jack Charlton story. I was fucking haunted over. That was. Oh yeah, no, that the was the most you and Liam tab thing ever. Like, yeah. him in the, were you in the queue for the chipper or what? Uh, no, he was opening it. He, so they, <laughs> they, they got, yeah, he was opening. Like he was there cutting in the tape. Like you know, myself and Dad went down to see him. To and, have then, the chip. and then, and uh, then, yeah, met Rob Carney. Got a full take on him. Uh, her drunk uh, from my graduation. He opened the Shelburne there once. But my answer is, I met Bertie O'Hearn on the senior field in De La Salle, my secondary school, right? So it was the mid- middle of summer and me and the boys, uh, it was the year, remember the year that uh, Ireland got to the Cricket World Cup? Yeah. And we bet Pakistan and the, and the, the coach died afterwards, committed suicide. Quarter or, final or something? We got to the quarterfinal or something anyway, right? So me and the boys, got, obviously, uh, well, I don't know, were we 15 or 16 or that age or so? We all got into cricket then, like you know, just like the boy, we got a, and I was cr- like one of the boys had a cricket set or something bought from Argos. Like, oh, you, know? you were calling the boys tans earlier. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. This was sure the boys were, the boys were sound like, and uh, so anyway, we were we're down the we're down the we're down the senior field playing cricket, and we we're absolutely lashing the ball around or whatever. Shouting, we had an ocean. One of the boys was wicketkeeper. Uh, fucking, he had an ocean. He couldn't catch anything like. Like the ball, like you know the way when the ball like goes past the wickets, like the wicket keeper's meant to catch your throw, like so like every time like the ball will go past him, and the boys just start running like he's smoking a fag. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we were in the middle of this game anyway, and next minute this fucking helicopter, like mid fucking Celtic tiger now, like helicopter lands like in the middle of the pitch, like breaks up our game. Bertie comes off the helicopter anyway with a few of the boys, like whatever, and like tears over to the group of us anyway, and like like straight, he fucking made a beeline for us, straight over. And he just like, oh, how are you lads? How are you lads? How are you lads? Right, fucking shook the hands, right? Are you watching the match tonight? And just fucking pelted off afterwards. You know, I think United were playing or something later on that night, like, but. He, he, he like even in that meeting like that brief brief meeting in him with, with him like you knew he was a politician like you knew like he came he over but like he came over he saw a load of lads in like sporting gear he knew exactly what conversation to have with you for the, those few seconds that would like intrigue you a bit and then be able to move on he duped like, you before you could get but like, any, but, any like, but like exactly but he would have he jibbed us like after getting kind of like a, uh, say like um, a, like after getting a good atmosphere going in the area you know so I was very impressed with Bertie's <laughs> like Bertie's kind of poli- like not not him as a person but Bertie's like ability to be a politician like anyway yeah that's mine I, I'd like to caveat that that whole spiel with saying when this was what 2005 2006 yeah. like this is pre like busting all the like truths coming out so like imagine, imagine fucking Leo got a helicopter down to Waterford now he'd be fucking out he'd be fucking oh my god Leo Leo if you're listening and I know you're probably an avid listener uh, don't get a helicopter to Waterford for what anything are you drinking tonight yeah yeah what are you drinking tonight you're not they're not the biggest fan of you down here but uh, look Cardiac care and all that, sure, we could. That's a podcast in itself. That's a podcast in itself. Uh, do you know what? I, I'll go on a couple of levels. Um, level of Hain. Level of Hain, a national icon. 
uh, who I was lucky to know growing up through my whole childhood and I ended up actually playing with the chap is Phil Linnett Phil Linnett <laughs> 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 I wish uh, Sean O'Gahalpine from a sporting point of view or Lur if uh, our overseas listeners don't know who Sean O'Gahalpine is look up just YouTube Lake Ragwell Sean O'Go Sean O'G and it'll come up he's probably the only Sean O'G in Lake Ragwell I say if you Google Sean Ogo Halpine, so yeah. well, the, the I'm not sure a lad in fucking Carolina be able to spell O'Halpine like, but or Og, or Best of luck, lads. But um, the gas thing about Ogi was uh, like was Ogi his nickname? Yeah, Ogi. Uh, the gas thing about Ogi was yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, look, Stephen Ogi got on well. Uh, the gas thing about Ogi was he. Um, Basically, like, so he grew up in the north of the Cork City, moved there when he was 11 from Sydney, Australia, like, and I'll put it this way, there wasn't that many lads who weren't Caucasian around. Uh, he had a tough upbringing, and um, the best way to epitomise him was, as Michal Amurahertig said in, uh, the, I think it was the 1999 All-Ireland Hurling Final, when he said, his father from Fermanagh, his mother from Fiji, neither a hurling stronghold. Uh, what a what an absolute athlete and what a hurler as well. Um, Augie, he like I didn't just meet him; I grew up in, around him and, and knew him well growing up. I was lucky enough. He's about ten years old, ten twelve years older than us, like so, uh, maybe fourteen even. But it was a privilege to, to to know him growing up and stuff. And you know, when you meet him now, he's still a gentleman. Um, I also grew up playing underage sports against Simon Zebo who actually, while well, he comes across on sometimes through his sport next place as this kind of cocky, overconfident lad, is actually a very decent chap. Very, very decent chap. Like, Zebo is sound out. and um, A really nice guy. Uh, I played hurling football against him. I remember, uh, one thing I remember Zebo is, he's, is his father is from the Mauritius, I think, but grew up in France. So, they'd be, like, his father would be big into French sports. Um which explains a lot of why Zebo chose to go to France to play rugby as well because he speaks from French and uh, Ireland under-21s played France under-21s in Turner's Cross when I was about 14 or 15 and I remember going to Turner's Cross and being um, opposite the shed end of Turner's Cross the other end and uh, away fans used to be down to that, that end in the corner of the opposite stand and uh, Zebo was in with the French crowd and, all his, and a couple of some of his family and they were chanting all the French chants the whole night going mad and Zeebo was there giving it the big one to us the whole night at 14, 15 like he had that kind of self-confidence and that kind of do you know what it is and I have to commend him for it it's that assurity of knowing this is who I am like being comfortable in his own skin and expressing himself like he was great for that so uh, Simon Zeebo he's a, quite a famous person now and uh, he was a great chap to know growing up as a teenager and uh, but the one the most famous person I've ever met Baron on is I met him at the peak of his powers as well. No, absolutely not. Uh, no, not him either. Uh, in transition here on the doing we went to Barcelona on a school tour. Tony Adams. Nearly. And uh, on the as we were going around the stadium anyway, we come to the tunnel part of the tour, we walk up the tunnel, next thing. Ronaldinho steps out this is 2006 like when he's like the main man steps out and he, we're walking down the tunnel in the new camp of Ronaldinho he's going out to film a, an advertisement for Nike do you know the one where he's like chesting him do you know the one he's volleying off the crossbar man? we're stood at the sideline of the new camp watching him watching Nike video of that with Ronaldinho there it's ah oh. did he actually do it did he pick it off the crossbar yeah he did that in one take I, I was there one take fact uh there's a there's a grotto halfway down the tunnel at New Camp and he knelt in front of the grotto and said a prayer and I was standing right in front of him like an ignorant bastard with my hand on his shoulder just shouting Ronaldinho 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 uh, I was like you know when you're 15, 16 and sport is everything Jan. and he was the pinnacle of sport at that time uh, that was absolutely out of this world so Ronaldinho is probably the most famous person I've met and uh, what a fucking footballer anyway lads that's the end of that segment. Right, guys, so that's been a fucking another uh, fantastic episode of Snuggle. I've really enjoyed tonight. It's been fantastic uh, being alongside Owen as ever. There he is, like, the, he's a geisha fucker. And, uh, a geisha? Yeah. Uh, an absolute <laughs> one. Weekends. <laughs> Only on the weekends. A wonderful episode uh, in an absolute fabulous spot uh, with fabulous company. Dodd. Brilliant having you on again. Listen, you're off to San Fran, but uh, 
anytime you're home get in touch with us and listen you're great to having a podcast we'd love to record you again Hi, it's great to be back here again as I said I'd call down to an all night in Watford it's a spot that's close to my heart now he's a Galway man to college of Dublin and end up down in Watford um, just by chance ran to these two four fuckers here now right <laughs> working them for six months but um, two some lads just down with now so yeah Watford great pub scene great Porter, great people now so yeah, it's a pleasure to be back again now and I'll talk to you Three not, not too long again yeah. Three P's <laughs> Porter pubs and people uh, <laughs> Listen Dodd it's been a pleasure uh, it's been a pleasure having you on best of luck with everything in San Fran and sure we'll see you again soon Owen season 2 of the Snowcast is up and running and we've got videos and all now Yes we have videos I am the video man <laughs> Listen lads like, follow, listen, subscribe thanks a million for bearing with us we love you lords Slauncha Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.